Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and ain't nothing happened this week, <laughs> or ain't nothing happened last week. I mean, we're gonna talk about episode five and six of the Jordan Doc. Uh, we're gonna talk about, um, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I asked you guys on social media to send me questions, and I'm going to answer you guys' questions. I got a good handful of questions, so I'm going to answer those, and yeah, that's what we're going to do. There's really nothing to talk about. I mean, the NFL released their preseason schedule. We pretty much knew they were going to do that. Uh, There's that. We still don't know if they're going to have like a a season, or we don't know if the season's going to get pushed back. We still don't know, but the NFL is pretty much moving on schedule, and we, we knew that. Uh, other than that, I mean, oh, RP to Don Shula. I can't, I can't go or keep, continue to go without shouting that out. Um, Don Shula was the winningest coach in NFL history. I think he won like 346 or 47 games. Uh, he won two Super Bowls. He was the coach for the Dolphins, and he was 90 years old. Um, and yeah, he was the winningest coach of all time. He had the... Pr- uh, 1972. My mother was two years old. That's when that's the only team to ever go undefeated the entire year, and that was the Dolphins, coached by Don Shula. Uh, again, I want to say R.I.P. to Don Shula. He was 90 years old. Uh, they said he he passed away at his house. I don't I don't know what the cause. Maybe old age. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to speculate stuff like that. But I want to start by saying R.I.P. to Don Shula. So I'm going to do a moment of silence for you. Rest in peace, Don Shula, the winningest coach in NFL history. And there you have it, man. Let's uh, let's let's go with Michael Jordan, Doc. Uh, episodes five and six aired on Sunday, and these episodes delve into the branding of Michael Jordan in episode five when it comes to the shoes, it comes to the marketing, it comes to the uh, the Olympics. And episode six delved into the media criticism with the book uh, uh, Jordan Rule with the gambling situation. And one thing I'll say before I I I continue with these two episodes is I like how the documentary isn't pulling any punches and isn't holding holding anything back. Or let me not say, they probably are holding a lot back, but I like how they're talking about subjects that not only shine a positive, great light on the team, but shine a negative light on the team in, in some sorts. Like the episodes that talk about Dennis Rodman and his partying and his, uh, his Vegas trip. They talked about Michael Jordan sort of wasn't the easiest person to get along with. They talked about, they, they continuously talk about Jerry Krause and his influence on not only building the Bulls, but the destruction, quote unquote, of the Bulls. I like how they're, they're, they're not holding back with Michael Jordan. I love the, of course, they're talking about the gambling and how, you know, they addressed it and how Michael didn't think it was a, an addiction. Of course, you can, you can think whatever you want to think. Uh, I like how they, they, they talked about the Republicans where 
uh, sneakers too. I like how they address that. Nobody really ever talked about Michael Jordan saying that. They were just upset that he did say that. And I like how they addressed it. I like how they addressed um, Converse and Adidas, man. Look, <laughs> Adidas and Converse have fumbled the bag multiple times. Converse had D-Wade. They fumbled that bag. Converse, Jordan wanted to go to Converse. They said, oh, I don't think you'll be that big. Adidas wanted, uh, Jordan wanted then Adidas. And they said, no. Like, they're not, you know, they, when, when you're Adidas, right? And it's, and it's not just Jordan, man. It's when you have Jordan and people forget Adidas had Kobe. Adidas had Kobe and let him go. And they, Jordan wanted to be with Adidas and they said no. Like, you had two of arguably the greatest players ever wanting to be. You had one in your building and then you had one wanting to be in your building. And you say no. Talk about fumbling the ba- Like, just imagine how sneaker culture and, and, and the way we look at Jordans, how they w- and the way we look at sneakers in general, how that would change or be different if Jordan signed with Nike instead of Adidas. Because if there was Adidas, I don't think there would be Air Jordan. Because remember they said, well, people that didn't watch the doc, at the time, Jordan, uh, Nike was creating their like new Air technology. And that's when they said, we're going to make it Air Jordan. There wouldn't be an Air Jordan. I don't think there would be an Air Jordan if it was Adidas. We wouldn't have the iconic Jordan 1s with the swoosh. We wouldn't have... Yeah, the, we wouldn't have, I'm pretty sure Tinker Hatfield wouldn't get involved because Tinker Hatfield, who created the Jordan 3s, Jordan 4s, 6s, 5s, he, 11s, he was, he was also a creator at Nike. He made the Nike Air Max 1s. He made the Nike Air Max 97s, I believe. Like, sneaker culture in general would be different. And, and it would be, I don't know how it be, I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that Michael Jordan would have been as popular if he would have signed with Adidas. Like, let's look at Adidas basketball stars. You have James Harden. You have uh, Derrick Rose. You have, well, John Wall was in it. Uh, you had Kevin Garnett. You had Tim Duncan. None of those, none of those people, and then, of course, you had Kobe. But as we, we know how that went. When, when, when you think of Adidas, you don't really think of basketball shoes. You still think of the lifestyle shoes, the Adidas superstars, the run DMCs. You still think of, I guess, lifestyle. You think of running. You know, they got the 3D technology. They got the, you think of Yeezy, you, you know, Yeezy Ultra Boost. You think of, um, you, you, you don't think of basketball. <laughs> so when... Jordan wants to sign. I don't think. Yeah, Jordan, like, like he said, his game did was was the most branding that you could have had. But I don't think that Jordan would have been as popular if it wasn't for Nike. Now again, I damn Adidas and of course Converse. Converse sent. Now I get you have people like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Elgin Baylor, Isaiah Thomas. You have though them, you know, sign this. Like you know, we don't know how big you're gonna get, Jordan. So we can't. We can't see you being the face. I get it at the time, uh, but again, I don't, I don't, I don't. Adidas fumbled the bag at least twice, three times, because I remember Jordan. I mean, no, LeBron James was thinking about going to Adidas, but 
Snikey snatched him first. So Adidas fumbled the bag, fumbled, fumbled the bag at least three times. And to me, that's that's crazy. That's 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 unfortunate. Now, of course, we know Nike has fumbled the bag multiple times. They fumbled with Curry. They fumbled with, um, I think, Derrick Rose. But again, when you you land players like Jordan, uh, you got Kobe out of Adidas. You got Kevin Durant. You know, you got all those players. You got Bo Jackson. Like, you're doing something. So, you know, that's that's one thing I took. That's you know one takeaway I got from the doc. But, um. Yeah, I really like how the doc exp- like talked about things that you wouldn't expect players or or the organization to get out. And I like that. I, maybe because we're all quarantined, or at least should be quarantined from some of the videos I'm seeing. Um, and we're all watching and we're all consuming the same thing. I love how transparent this documentary is. Um, another takeaway I, I, I took from this is Jordan... It's I couldn't imagine being Jordan, man. I'm a really private person. When you know, I'm I, of course I might tweet from time to time. I'm, I get on Instagram from time to time, but I'm really a, a private person. And to be in a spotlight, to be as big as Michael Jackson, to be as big as Prince, to be as big as the Pope, like I couldn't imagine walking out my house, walking out my apartment, walking out anything, and being mobbed by fans, being mobbed by. Uh, media and I can understand how it it, it weighed on him. I think episode uh, what six and seven is going to talk about, of course, his retirement because pretty much episode five and six was at the door of him retiring the first time after winning the third straight championship. Um, you know, I just couldn't imagine. You know, so I, it's it takes a tough person to be that big, man. I I don't know. I don't want to be famous, man. I. I I would like to be wealthy, but I don't want to be famous because I don't. I want. I want an, a semblance of 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 a personal life, and it, it's hard doing that when you're in the spotlight. So, you know, I, that's one, that's one, another thing I took away from. I also took away that a lot of people forget. You know, I'm watching these these episodes with a friend of mine, and every time another name other than someone from the Bulls pop up, she was like, "Oh, I didn't know they were that good." Like people forget how good Clyde Drexler was. People forget how good Charles Barkley was. Of course, we hear about the, the, the stuff Draymond Green's been saying, but we forget that Charles Barkley deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Clyde Drexler deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, we, we forget about how great Magic Johnson was when he came to the scene, how great Larry Bird was when it came to the scene. I still think Kevin Durant's better than Larry Bird, but that's another topic for another day. All I'm saying is people forget, like we think of the Georges, we think of the LeBrons, we think of the, you know, Kobe's, but we forget about the players in between. And another takeaway I got from that is the dream team, man. Look, <laughs> it's not just MJ. They as, they as they explained, Isaiah Thomas had problems with Jordan. He had problems with Scottie Pippen. He had problems with uh, Magic Johnson at the time. Hell, they just did a sit-down maybe two or three years ago where they had to hash out everything, and then Isaiah Thomas was crying, talking about, I missed you and stuff like that. He had he had problems with Patrick Ewing. He had problems with uh, Larry Bird. So it wasn't just Jordan. I, I, I Okay, so I always thought that it was just Jordan was the reason why he didn't go on the – he did he wasn't selected to the Team USA. But how they, yeah, it makes sense now. Like, 
if if five of my homies is doing something, and you got the sixth dude who don't nobody like but you, and, and it was optional for him to come, like, or it was optional for him to invite, why would we invite him? You know what I mean? So I, I understand. Yes, yes, yes. I think he deserved to be. He he mo he more than deserved to be on the team USA. You know, he was arguably the greatest point guard or arguably the best point guard at the time. But again, it's all, all about chemistry. You're bringing, you're already dealing with egos, bringing all those players into one situation. I mean, you got MV, former MVPs. You got for all, all of them except one were future Hall of Famers. Like you have personalities. And the last thing you want to do is have a situation where the chemistry is off. Because of they don't like maybe one player. One player continues to stir up. Even how great as he is, one player continues to stir up uh, aggression and stir up resentment and stuff like that. So I understand why he wasn't on the, you know, Team USA. So um, I've really been enjoying the documentary. I've really been enjoying the transparency of it. I've really really been enjoying learning things I didn't know. I pride myself on being a, a huge basketball historian, a huge basketball fan, a huge sports fan in general. And the fact that I'm learning things time after time watching these docs is, is refreshing to me. Now, when I say basketball historian, let me let me just get this out of the way. <laughs> I love basketball. So I watch a whole bunch of highlights. I look up things. I look up stats. I Clearly, I didn't play in the NBA or, you know, I only played in college. But... I do like to think that I know a lot about basketball. So I call myself a basketball historian because I know a lot about basketball. So, you know, again, it's, it's refreshing to learn new things about sports so or basketball and, and sports in general. So, uh, yeah, man, that's I'm just excited about episode of seven and eight and, and to see to see how I knew the Bulls, were, of course, were good um, when Jordan was was gone. I know Scottie Pippen was like that that year's Jordan but you know it's it's exciting to see it's exciting I'm excited so um without further ado let's get to some of these questions and actually one of the questions that I oh first of all before we get to these questions I want to thank everyone that sent out questions thank everyone that took the time to send me questions thank everyone that uh responded to my post texted me dm'd me uh facebooked me I actually got a couple facebook questions that I was kind of um surprised about i appreciate you guys and uh yeah man let's let's use these questions and it's funny that we talked about uh the well it's not really funny but we were talking about the michael jordan doc and one question that i got actually was why is it that oh then of course this is the question segment why is it that the trailblaze or portland trailblazers get killed for not taking jordan but the rockets don't for people that don't know, Jordan was the third pick in the 1986 draft, I believe. Yeah, 1986 draft or 1985. 1985 draft, one of two. He was the, damn, I just called myself a historian. And I, it's 1985. 1985 draft, he was third. The Rockets had number one overall pick. Then it was the Portland Trailblazers. Then it was the Bulls. For people that, people don't really know like that, or people don't remember like that, but the Rockets chose Hakeem Olajuwon, the first first overall pick. Of course, we know Sam Bowie was picked second, and Jordan was picked third. The reason why I don't think anybody really kills the Rockets for picking Hakeem over Jordan is because if you look in college, 
Hakeem Elijah. Now, yes, Jordan was one of the best college players at the time. Of course, they won a national championship, beating uh, Patrick Ewing in the, the the Georgetown Hoyas. He had James Worthy on his team, Jordan, that is. Jordan was an incredible basketball player in college at North Carolina. He was one of the greatest players ever. But when we talk about college, not, we're not talking about NBA, but when we're talking about strictly college, Hakeem Olajuwon was one of the greatest college players to ever play. He went to Houston. He played with Ralph Sampson. Hakeem Olajuwon, if we just take college, if we just, all right, so if we just take one year of Hakeem Olajuwon in college, he, could, he was one of the greatest college basketball players ever. So in the draft, and especially the, back in the day, you know, eight, the 80s and the 90s, the, the, the formula was grab a big. And the big, and hopefully, you know, you build around the big. You know, you, you'll grab uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. You'll grab uh, uh, Ralph Sampson. You'll grab a Shaq. Like, you grab it and then you build around it. Now, of course, the game has changed, but that's what you want to do. You, you build around a big. So, the fact that nobody kills um, the Rockets for drafting Hakeem Olajuwon, because I think it was understood. Hakeem Olajuwon, like I said, was one of the greatest college basketball players ever. And one of the greatest power forward slash center ever, to, or ever in the NBA. Hell, he's in the Hall of Fame. The reason why they kill the Portland, because Sam Bowie had injuries in college, and those injuries followed him to the NBA. Yeah, he was a big, but those injuries, it's, 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 it's like a whole, it's, those injuries followed him. And when you have a short thing like Michael Jordan, but you have someone that's been, that was really good in college, don't get me wrong, Sam Bowie was really good in college, but he wasn't on the level of Michael Jordan. And that's why I think they kill him now. Michael Jordan in college, quite as kept, nobody really wants to say it, but quite as kept, Michael Jordan was not on the same level in college as Akeem Olajuwon, which a lot of people understand. And like I said, Akeem Olajuwon goes down as a Hall of Famer, you know, goes down as one of the greatest power forwards slash centers ever, won two championships with the Rockets. That's, that is, Akeem Olajuwon, you understand that, you know, Akeem Olajuwon is one of the, one of the greatest. Sam Bowie didn't turn out that way. And Michael Jordan, as we clearly know, turned out as a lot of people's GOAT. So I think that they kill the Portland over Houston because the player that Houston got, got them two championships, got in the Hall of Fame, is considered one of the greatest players ever. The player that Sam Bowie, I mean, the player that Portland got, a lot of people don't even remember his name unless you talk about some of the, some of the biggest draft blunders ever. And Portland isn't even <laughs> Portland Portland that, that happened twice uh they drafted Greg Oden over Kevin Durant now yeah Greg Oden was incredible in college in Ohio State but he wasn't Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant was a national player the a rookie of the year a player of the year whatever in in high school I mean no in college at debt at Texas and gets drafted second to the C uh Supersonic so Portland just has a bad way of, of drafting man <laughs> so I think that's why they, they get killed. So um, thank you for that question. Uh, that was question number one. Uh, again, this, this episode, ain't nothing really happened to sports. I'm going to answer y'all questions. Um, question number, or second, another question I got was, what is your favorite teams in all sports? Uh, my favorite team, like team, is North Carolina. 
That is, you know, I, I love the Wizards because I'm from the DMV. I love the Wizards. I love the Redskins. I love the Capitals. I love the Nationals. Um, but my favorite team out of all of them, like that reign supreme, like if they, if they all, I know, of course, they weren't, they won't because of the seasons and stuff. But if they all were playing at the same time, Redskins, Cal, I mean, ooh, Redskins, Wizards, Capitals, Nationals, and North Carolina, I would watch North Carolina 10 times out of 10. Cause that's just, you know, that's uh, that's my favorite. So those are my favorite teams. Thank you for the question. Uh, next question: Top five in NBA players all healthy right currently. <clears throat> uh, if they if everybody was healthy, I would say I'll go from five to one, and this is in order. I would go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Just I guess. Just missing my list was James Harden. The reason why I'm picking Giannis over James is because Giannis, to me, is more of an all-around player. Yes, James is leaps and bounds better on offense, to me, than Giannis. But Giannis is that much better defensively than James Harden. And I think that Giannis, while he isn't going to you know, do the creative stuff that James Harden does, Giannis... He's he's still serviceable. He's still one of the greatest. I mean, ooh, still one of the most dominant players, especially in the paint in today's game. So, at number five, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. At number four, I have number four, I have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think it's kind of the same as Giannis. It's just he's better offensively than Giannis, and he has two championships. Kawhi Leonard is a killer, man. The only reason why I don't have him a little higher is because. There are some, you know, with the whole low management thing, that's that's pretty big. And there are some times where Kawhi Leonard, like Kawhi Leonard to me is 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 a basketball freak. Um, and <laughs> it's incredible. You know, he's he's incredible to me. And but there are times when he can disappear a little bit. Now, that doesn't take away from his greatness, but I think, you know, he's, you know, that's a knock on my book. So you got Giannis at five, Kawhi at four. I have Steph Curry at three, three-time champion, first unanimous or two-time MVP, first unanimous, uh, 50-40-90 club, three-point specialist. Um, we know how Curry is. We know Curry, a, a lot of a lot of the, the thing that is really underrated in Curry's game is his the way that he's assist, you know his assist numbers and the way that he sees the floor. He's a floor general. Um, yeah, so I would say Curry at three. Two might shock. Well, my, my number two would be LeBron James. And the reason why is LeBron James, because he's getting up there in age. Not saying he's still not incredible. Like I said, out of everybody in the NBA, I still think he's the second best player when everyone's healthy. But then that only attributes to who number one is, which to me is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, since going to Golden State and now being in Brooklyn, we saw the maturation of an incredible player getting better. We saw the we saw the maturation of a strictly offensive player growing his game to now being better at, with assists and defense and rim protection and getting his body right. And the last few, except for last year, when even last year when he uh, he was playing with Golden State and he got injured, the games before that, you know, the the Clippers series and the first two games of of the Houston series. And in just that whole season, we saw Kevin Durant was, was to me, taking over the league. And I think that Kevin Durant, when healthy, is the best player in the league. I will die on that hill right now. 
Um, of course, we we have to see what happens and how he adjusts to rupturing his Achilles when he comes back. Hopefully next year. Um, but I'm excited. To, I'm excited. I can't wait for Kevin Durant to come back. You know, I can't wait to see how him and Kyrie gel uh, in Brooklyn and how far they can go in in the you know their hopes of getting a championship. So yeah. So my top five is Giannis, Kawhi, Steph, uh, LeBron, and Katie. So, uh, next question: If you create, if you could create a great team, wait, if you can create a team of the greatest twelve players, who would they be? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go and it, you said twelve, so that's the starting five, that's a bench, and that is uh, two reserves. So my starting five would be Magic Johnson, to me the greatest point guard ever. Uh, one of the greatest players ever, seven six seven, able to uh, greatest point guard ever. We all know who Magic Johnson is. Hell, his name's not even Magic, and we call him Magic Johnson. So, Magic Johnson, shooting guard. I will choose Michael Jordan. Hell, we're watching the documentary. Uh, Jordan to me is our greatest, if not arguably the greatest player ever. Um, that's Michael Jordan. Small forward, I would choose LeBron James. That's another arguably the greatest player ever. A lot of people argue that. Um, it's LeBron, man. LeBron is, is incredible to me. Uh, not incredible to me. He's incredible to everybody. LeBron James is probably one of the most dominant forces we've ever seen. Um, at, at, at a small forward possession or a small forward position. Like, it, it's, it's crazy to me to really think about. Um, power forward, uh, Tim Duncan. I think that even though Tim Duncan's game isn't flashy, to me, Tim Duncan is the epitome of greatness. He is, hands down, the greatest power forward ever in my book. Um, yeah, I like, I like, I like what, um, I like my pick. So right now I have Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, and Shaq at center. Yeah, Shaq isn't the most defensive-minded uh, player on that team, but to me, Shaq is the most dominant player we've ever seen, the most dominant hands down. And to me, that to me, Shaq was unstoppable. And, you, of course, you have a Kareem, you have Wilt, you have Bill Russell. To me, Shaq is the greatest center ever, and that's I will die on that hill. I know, okay, Kareem has the most points ever, I know all the incredible stats that Wilt accumulated over the years, but I'm going to go down and say Shaq is the greatest, especially Shaq in the Orlando Magics and the uh, Orlando Magic Bull. No, I say Bulls. Orlando Magic, the Lakers, and the Heat days. That was the greatest Shaq, in my opinion. So those are my starting five. My next five, to me, point guard, I'm going to go with Curry. I say that Curry is the greatest player ever. I'm whoa, 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 whoa. What am I saying? I'll say that greatest Curry is the second greatest point guard ever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that was I was wilding. Curry is the greatest or uh, second greatest point guard ever to me. Of course, you have Steve Nash. You have uh, Jason Kidd. You have Isaiah Thomas. But I think that all around game, I would pick Curry. You know, uh, a lot of people say Curry doesn't play defense. While Curry isn't the greatest on-ball defender, Neither was Steve Nash, neither was Jason Kidd. Um, Isaiah Thomas was really good on-ball defender, but he wasn't the greatest offensive player like Curry is. 
Um, so I would I would pick Curry, uh, shooting guard. You got to go with Kobe. Kobe is arguably one of the top five greatest uh, players ever, and to me, the easy second greatest point uh, power shooting guard ever. So I got Curry. I got uh, Kobe. I got KD as my small forward. Of course, I could have gone with Larry Bird. I could have gone with Pippen. But to me, KD is arguably one of the greatest power forwards. Ever. I mean, small forwards ever. To me, I think he's the second greatest small forward ever. I, I may. I think. My very first episode of the podcast was talking about, was just me rapping about how great KD is. Uh, KD is a seven-foot monster that, that is, he's one of the most offensively gifted players ever, and it's hard for me to choose somebody else. So I got a KD at small forward. Power forward, I got Akeem Olajuwon. A lot of people forget how great Akeem Olajuwon was. I just talked about him in the doc, of course, or I just talked about him with the last question, but a lot of people forget how great Akeem was. Uh, a lot of people might want to put Kevin Garnett or Dirk, and while those are great picks, I think Akeem Olajuwon and the Dream Shake and winning two championships with the Rockets, I think that is one of the greatest uh, players to ever play, uh, and especially offensively. So, power forward, I have Akeem, and center, <sighs> center, I guess I will choose Kareem. I mean, I don't, I don't really have another center in my head. So, uh, we all know how great Kareem was. Um, you know, he's the number one in points for a reason. So, that's 10. Right now, I have uh, Magic, Jordan, LeBron, uh, Tim Duncan, Shaq. I have Curry, uh, Kobe, KD. Hakeem Olajuwon, Kareem. So I have two reserves. It would behoove me. And this is me being biased. I don't care. But my favorite player of all time is Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson is the reason why I started loving sports, not just basketball. Um, so I have to put Iverson in as my 11th pick. I know there's a, player, a lot of players better than Iverson, but Iverson is my pick for 11. Um playing shooting guard slash point guard again it would this is my team and I would feel some type of way if my favorite player ever wouldn't be on that list so I'm going to pick Iverson and the last play last player um the 12th player I guess I'm going to choose um this is tough man this is this is a tough one uh hmm you know, it's it's tough when you when you get because there's so many great players, man. You have people on the dream team, you have people on the redeem team, you have so many great players. It's just like, ooh, who do you choose? Um, I have Iverson, I have Kobe, I have Curry. Uh, I would choose. I don't know. Um, damn, this is. I should have prepared a little better for this one. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll choose. Um. I don't know. Let me just just pick a, a great player. Uh, small forward. Um, power forward. I, you know, I'll just choose Larry Bird. Uh, Larry Bird. A lot of people say is the is the second or first greatest small forward. I don't agree with that. I think he's third greatest. But Larry Bird was a monster. I'll choose Larry Bird. So thank you for the question, man. Uh, what? Who is the player that will? have the most impact from the draft? Uh, 
Well, to, you have to look at, I mean, you have to go with Joe Burrow, right? Because you get Joe Burrow, he's number one overall pick. He's going to start from day one. And he's going, you ship Andy Dalton out of there. So Joe Burrow is it. You have the immense, you have immense um, confidence in Joe Burrow. Maybe number two, well, I guess the second person that could have the most over, I mean, most impact might be a, um, hmm. I don't want to say, no, it's not Chase, because Chase is already going to a pretty decent defense. Um, whew. Yeah, I mean, you to me, you have to go with Joe Burrow. Now, I think his impact will be immediate as terms of how good he'll be to, like, not saying his immediate impact would be, like, he's going to go and they're going to ultimately, ultimately win nine or ten games. No, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, I know Cincinnati still has a horrible run defense. I just think that his impact will affect will affect games from day one, and I think to me that is what you, that is how you uh, navigate impact, or that's how you determine impact. His his contribution will impact games from day one. So I have to go with Joe Burrow. Of course, you have a couple. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go with Joe Burrow. Um. Which NFL, next question, which NFL team will improve from last year uh, and will decrease from last year? Improve, I'm going to have to go with the Dolphins. Uh, I think they had a really good, a really, really good draft and a really good offseason too. Uh, and I say the Dolphins because I guess I could also choose the Bucks for getting Tom Brady, for getting Gronk. You know, they kind of killed the draft. You get offensive linemen to protect uh, Brady, but I like the direction that the Dolphins are going. Of course, you get Tua. I don't think he'll play, you know, most of year one, if if at all. But you have Tua. You have some really good offensive pieces. You have some really good defensive pieces, and I just think that I love the direction that they're going in. And when you win, what I think three or four games last year, I, I think that you can only go up from there. Uh, and I think that the team that will decrease the most would either will be the Patriots because you lose. It's not just losing Tom Brady, but it's losing Tom Brady, losing um, all, you know Van Noy, losing as much as you did on the defensive side. I think that's going to hurt tremendously. And the fact that you don't have a lot of offensive weapons that can carry you outside of nobody, like it's it's going to be tough when you when you're trusting a Stidham. To, to, to lead you to, to victory, it's like, I don't, I don't see it happening. So you go from at least making the playoffs, I don't even think there'll be a playoff. They might be a lottery team. On Well, the NFL doesn't really have lottery, but they might be in the top 10 pick. Uh, I guess another runner-up for decrease is the um, Texans. You know, you give up it's arguably the, the best point or best point guard, the best wide receiver in the game. Uh, you you give Laramie Tunsil the biggest extension for offensive lineman in like NFL history, and like while he's good, I think that money could have gone somewhere else or to other pieces, because even with him being there, Deshaun Deshaun Watson was still sacked more than most quarterbacks, or one of the top sacked quarterbacks in the league. So you lose him, you, you get David Johnson, who doesn't really. <clears throat> I don't know how much he has left in the tank. 
I think, I think you know, with the turmoil between the players and Bill O'Brien, I think that the Texans are going to have a tough year, even with how good Deshaun Watson is. You know, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they're going to be, they're going to have a tough year out. So, my biggest improvement to me would be the Dolphins. Um, I also like how um, the, the the Browns did. You know, the Browns had a really good year, uh, or no, really good draft, and I think that it's up to Baker. If Baker plays really good, or Baker plays like the number one overall pick that he is, they can they can improve drastically with the offensive weapons and, and some of the defense they got. Now, of course, they need to see how their offensive linemen that they just drafted fares out, but if they fare well, I think Browns have a really good chance. So, I have them, uh, Miami and the Browns as the most improved teams, and uh, I have the Patriots and the um, the Texans as a, as the teams that will you know not do as good. Uh, what is your surprise team in the NFL this year? I'm gonna say the. Even though I'm a I'm a I'm a Redskins fan, and no, you know what? No, that's not surprising. I think the most of the the surprise team this year will be the Atlanta Falcons. I think we don't we we always talk about the Atlanta because we only talk about Julio and Matt Ryan in the twenty eight three. You know, we talk about the the woes of the team, but I think that a lot of people are forgetting. You know, they they dealt with a lot of injury. They dealt with uh, coaching turmoil. I think that they have they have the the opportunity. Of, of having a good season. Do I think that they'll make the playoffs? They definitely could with the offensive weapons that they have. But we just need to see how it goes. I think that Atlanta could be a surprise team. Because, um, again, you still have Matt Ryan. You still have Julio Jones. The, your division kind of got stronger, but kind of got weaker at the same time. I think the Panthers got weaker. Now, of course, the Saints are still the Saints. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I, I, I think the... The Atlanta Falcons, watch out for them to being a surprise team. I guess a runner-up could be the Bills. We, we, I want to see how Stephon Diggs does um, with them. But I think the Bills have a sneaky good season. So either the Bills or the the Atlanta Falcons is a surprise team of the year um, in the NFL. What is one unpopular opinion you have about sports? Um, One unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, I think that they should move. <clears throat> Excuse me. Damn. I ain't got the Rona, guys. I promise you. I promise you. I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, I think one of the surprise team, or I think one of the unpopular opinions, I think that in the NBA, the buyout market and the, you know, the buyout market should be before the trade deadline. Because I think that there are, there's multiple, multiple teams that get incredibly better due to the market, the buyout market out. And, and I think that that kind of does a, uh, I think the buyout market should be before the, the free agency. So you know exactly what you're dealing with when you're dealing with free agents. Because you're going to be like, ah, we didn't get KD, but for some reason... The Bulls are trying to buy out Zach Levine, so let's let's go get so let's let the Lakers get Zach Levine. Or, dang, um, for some reason, and I'm not saying this will happen, but for some reason, uh, the Wizards are trying to buy out Bradley Bill. So, 
the the Golden State Warriors are going to pick up Bradley Bill. I just think that that has to be a, a little better um, there. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's an unpopular opinion. A lot of people like the buyout market where it is because it kind of, quote unquote, saves teams that didn't do so well in the free agency. But I, I would like the buyout market to be before free agency. So, yeah. Um, what would be the hardest things, wait, what would be the hardest thing athletes would have to go through? Wait, 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 let me, (laughs) hold on. What would be the hardest thing athletes from the nineties would have to overcome today? A couple things, the speed of the game. I'm pretty sure the speed of the game from the nine, I'm pretty sure. I know that the speed of the game from the nineties is a hell of a lot slower than the speed of the game today. I mean, you have, there is, there is not a player in the NBA that was in the 90s that moves as fast as uh, John Wall or moves as fast as a uh, healthy Derrick Rose or moves as fast or handles the ball as well as a Kyrie Irving. That's just, you're just not seeing it. There is not a player in the NBA from the 90s that shoots the ball as well as Steph Curry or shoots the ball as well as a Trey Young. There is not a player in the league that in the 90s that did that so while you have great players like Jordan and 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 Barkley and David Robinson and Sean Stockton you the game is a lot faster the game is a lot more the game is caught up or the game is superseded to me in the 90s um another big thing that I think it would be harder for them to overcome is social media now of course that I, I could say that has nothing to do with sports that has everything to do with sports I mean how do you think a player like Dennis Rodman would have fared in the not, in if there was an Instagram or Twitter back in the day? How do you think Michael Jordan, who was already the biggest person, like the biggest athlete in the world, how do you think that would have in, that that would have ballooned even bigger if there was a Twitter or Instagram? You know, you wouldn't. <laughs> I think that it would be a little over, you know, a little too much to overcome if they had social media. That's why. You know, they, they talked about the doc, you know, when Jordan said Republicans wear Jordans too, or Republicans wear sneakers too, I think they would have they would have killed that man on social media. Like you think you look at players and you look at their social media, I think you're free to say whatever you want on your platform. That's your platform, that's you say what you want. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that once you put on social media, it's there forever. Even if you delete it, like it's it's out in the world. So you have to be careful with that. Like, they, if LeBron says "f everyone," that he just put on social media, they will kill him for that. Like, if you see, they already killed KD for being being a, a human being on social media. So, I think that you know, it, <laughs> I don't know how they would fare. Like, like, like players like a like a Jordan or or Dennis Rodman, or even a low key type of players like a Karl Malone. Like, I don't know how they would fare with social media. So I think the speed of the game and social media was, was the biggest thing that we have to overcome. Thanks for the question. Um, are the Patriots tanking? Uh, I'm going to say this. The Patriots, to me, had one of the worst drafts. First of all, this is what I want to say. I want to say that the Patriots, their greatness masks, or with their greatness in the last decade or so, masks their inefficiencies. 
And to me, their one big inefficiency is they have never, ever, ever been good at drafting anybody. They, you'd be like, oh, but they, <laughs> but they drafted Tom Brady. They drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round, which means they pass on homie five times. It's like <laughs> they've never been good at drafting. So when you look at the draft, and it's to me no surprise that they're one of the worst draft teams in the league, or they were one of the worst this year. It's like you can mop it up as tanking, but I just don't think that right now they have a direction. I know that they're going to try to go young on defense because that's kind of what that was their success last year. But do not be surprised if they are in talk, if they're close to being upper to the number one spot on the draft next year. And it's not because to me they're tanking. It's just because their 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 weapons aren't panning out. They aren't panning out. You know, Julian Edelman doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. Uh, Nikhil Henry, he, you have Jay, you have Stidham. And we're still waiting on Tom Brady. I mean, not. we're still waiting on Cam Newton to get a job. But it's like they won't even get Cam Newton. So I just think that they might not. Their greatness over the years has maxed their, their inefficiencies. And I think that their inefficiencies will start to show now that the greatness might slow down. So I don't know about tanking, but we're really about to see the real Patriots right now um uh, next what are your expectations for washington this year uh i think that their expectations depends on dwayne haskins and depends on if he can if he can develop and and be as good as he as great as we hope he can be um do i think that next year he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league of course not but I do think that he he has the opportunity. You know, he has the coaching staff now that believe in him. He has uh, he's he's the guy. And I think you know he has Kyle Kyle Allen as his backup. I don't see Kyle Allen taking homie's spot unless he's just horrible. I think that it's up to Dwayne. Now, of course, I think you know we get Chase Young second overall, and I think he's gonna only and he's gonna only well, the defense wasn't the problem last year. Now, yes, Chase Young will be in a an improvement, and he'll definitely bolster the defense, but the defense wasn't a problem. The problem was the lack of weapons on offense, the lack of offensive creativity in the coaching staff, the lack of the lack of wide receivers. You know, we have Terry LaFlorin, uh, or F- Florin, or Lauren, Terry Lauren, or whatever his name is, but he, outside of him, you know, we dealt with a lot of injuries. Washington always does a lot of injuries, so I think it depends on how quick, you know, if if Dwayne Haskins develops into a starting quarterback, you know what I mean. So, and it's not, of course, not on him. It's it's on you know the 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 receivers to develop. Uh, the old line has to continue to be good, and the defense has to continue to be good. So it's it's not on just Dwayne, but I think that Dwayne Haskins bears a big part of how much either Washington improves, stays the same, or decreases. So yeah, I expect, I hope that they improve. So yeah. Um, next question. Uh, can John Wall become a top five point guard again? I don't know. Uh, and I say that because while I think John Wall can be at the top, John Wall at the top of his game is most definitely a top five point guard in my opinion. But it's like how we haven't seen John Wall, I don't believe since 2016 or early 2017. Like, we don't, that's been, we don't know how John, you know, missing that much time. You know, I know he just did a, I think on all the, all the smoke 
podcast and you know he's like he's putting the league on notice i hope he comes back you know (laughs) as a top five but i don't know and even at his best you know if he if he's able to get back from his best after missing all that time is he better than a curry no is he better than a, a russell westbrook i don't think so is he better than a Kyrie? that's debatable at this point is he better than uh damian letter i don't think so is he better than a you know, a lot of people consider John uh, James Harden a point guard. He's definitely not better than James. So, you know, it, it's while I think he can still be a great player, I don't know about top five. It's just we need to see again. I don't think he's played since two thousand what seventeen. So we need to see, or yeah, we need to see, or maybe eighteen, two thousand seventeen. I think we just need to see how he is when he gets back. So I'm not one hundred percent sure. I'm not trying to cop out, but I, I don't know. Um. How do you feel about UNC's recruiting class? I think they were good. Uh, I just think that we need to see. It's You can get five, six, seven, you can get ten top five or five-star recruits. Hell, just ask Kentucky, ask Duke. You can get ten five-star recruits, but if they don't gel on the floor, they're not going to win anything. Hell, you had Zion Williamson. You had Jason Tatum. You had... Uh, Kyrie, you had Trey Jones, you you had all these play. Hell, that's Duke. Kentucky had Carl Anthony Towns. They had Devin Booker. They had Willie Carly Stein. They had uh, the Harrison twins. You have all those players, and not one of them. You know they didn't win a national championship. So again, I, I think they had a really good. We got Caleb Love. We have. Um, a lot of great pieces is just if they don't gel, then they're just great players on a team, and that's not going to amount to anything. So, you know, I think they did really good. It's just we need to see how they gel. So, and, and, and as we see this year or the, the the year that you know got canceled at the end, that team had had to me had a really good recruiting class. You had Cole Anthony, you had um, a couple more guards and bigs. But as we clearly saw, they didn't gel. You know, Cole Anthony got hurt. And once that happened, well, we did a lot of injuries. Sterling, Sterling, uh, Sterling, he got hurt. Cole Anthony got hurt. Um, You know, we did a lot of injuries. But they didn't really gel on the floor. So, like I said, it's it's all about camaraderie. It's all about gelling. And we need to see. So, yeah. Um, Could KD and LeBron James survive in the 90s? This is a dumb. All right. Um, all I'm going to say is this. LeBron James is one of the most physically dominant players we've ever seen. Uh, there's not a player today that is as physically dominant and can just control the game like LeBron does. KD is a seven-footer that is one of the greatest offensive weapons we've ever seen. You, I saw a lot of mid-range. Let's just, let's just stick with the Jordan doc real quick. Jordan Doc says it shows a lot of mid-range shots. A lot of them. Not saying that there wasn't great three-point shooters. You have Steve Curry. You have John Paxson. You have Reggie Miller. You have Larry Bird. But I'll say this. If you think that LeBron James and KD couldn't dominate in the 90s like they're dominating now, that is, that's, you know, hey, I know the physicality was there, but you think Patrick Ewing is staying in front of uh, a Kevin Durant 
You think that Charles Barkley, how great Charles Barkley is, don't get me wrong, Charles Barkley is all-time all great, he's a Hall of Famer. You think Charles Barkley is staying in front of Kevin Durant. As great as a, as a offense, as great as a defender that uh, Scottie Pippen was, and, and we even see uh, when, when today, when LeBron, uh, KD plays against Kawhi Leonard, plays against Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you see what he does to them. You think that he's not going to do that to Scottie Pippen? You think that uh, Clyde Drexler is going to... If, he, if Clyde Drexler or Terry Porter... Terry Porter, if they couldn't slow down and stop with Scottie Pippen and Jordan, what the hell you think they're going to do with a LeBron James? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't think I need to answer that. All I'm saying is, is Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Um, uh, what is your favorite sports moment in life? Uh, my favorite sports moment in life. Um, I, I guess you're talking about, I mean, if you're talking about like professional sports, um, first of all, thank, thanks for everyone that's sending these questions. Uh, what is my favorite sports moment ever? I think it is the, hmm. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to think about that. But I definitely know the next question was, what is the toughest sports moment in your career? And that was the Chris Jenkins shot against North Carolina. Backstory. I, when I played college basketball, I was one of the only players on my team that was a North Carolina fan. Uh, everyone else around me was either Duke, uh, LSU, because a lot of people was from Louisiana, and Kentucky. So when I'm going hard for North Carolina, you know, North Carolina, <laughs> we, we were in the national championship. I'm like, let's go. The number one overall seed. We have to play uh, Villanova. I'm like, let's go. Villanova ain't got nothing on us. We got Marcus Page. We got Joe Barry. We got um, some players, man. We got Bryce Johnson, who was really good in college. And, and and that game was such an emotional roller coaster. We were winning, and then we were winning by like five or six. Villanova comes back, they take the lead, go up by six. Um, then we battle back. The last minute, uh, it was it was back and forth, and then they go up by three with like, I'll say, oh man, I'll say uh, with like ten seconds left. Marcus Page just that incredible. Uh, crazy sh three point shot to ties up the game. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm screaming. There's like me and a couple, I think me and two of my teammates were in the room. And I'm, I'm going crazy. I'm talking mad, man. I'm like, yeah, we're about to go to overtime. We're about to win the national championship again. Let's go. Like, I'm going crazy because Marcus Page hits that shot. And then, oh my gosh, Not, it, it happened in so much, it happened in such slow motion. Chris, they, they inbound the ball. Archie Diacono goes up, <laughs> dribbles the ball, and I'm saying to myself, all right, wait a second. Where is the defense? Apparently, our defense. Now, you have Villanova, who was one of the best three-point shooting teams in national and in, in college basketball that year. The whole North Carolina was almost, except for two, the two, one, one was Garden inbounder. The other one, which was Bryce Johnson. I don't know what the hell Bryce Johnson was doing. <laughs> he was just standing at half court. 
Archie Diagono gets the ball, passes it to Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins launches that ball, man. Oh my gosh. What did what, what Adrian Pierce say? When I seen him shoot that ball, <laughs> I just knew it was over with, man. I was like, oh my gosh. And then he hit the jump. And when I tell you my heart sank, I, I, I shed some tears, man. I shed some tears that game. I was like, oh my gosh. And then everybody on my team that was in vicinity of me or, or that was a Duke fan came to my door and just knocked. I was in college, like I said. It was just not. Like, hey, what's going on? I was, oh, man, I was so hurt, man. I shed some tears. So that was, without a doubt, the toughest, the toughest, um, ah, the toughest sports moment in my, in my career. Uh, now, of course, we're, we're, I'm, I'm not talking about any deaths aside, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there, but I think my favorite moment was, um, I had tickets, all right, so when I was younger, as we know, Michael, I mean, Allen Iverson is my favorite player. My mom got me tickets to, uh, got me tickets to um, the Allen Iverson Celebrity Classic. If people don't remember, Allen Iverson used to do a Celebrity Classic baseball game every year, and it was that, it was, it was every year. And my mom got me tickets one year, and she also got me tickets to a Wizards game, and it was. The Wizards against Allen Iverson. And now, of course, my birthday's in July. The season is not in July. But for some somehow, she was able to... Maybe because I was younger, I didn't really notice. But they were like... I guess they were fake at the time. And then once the season, the preseason or pre-sales came out, she got me the tickets. But I that the next coming year, I had tickets to go see Allen Iverson play. The Wizards, and that was the best sports moment. I think Iverson gave us. Mm, I think Iverson Matter gave us like a forty, but I was excited. You know, I was happy to be in this. You know, so that was the biggest sports moment. Um, but there you have it, y'all. I ain't got no more questions. I got one more question. I'm not gonna disrespect this question. The question is: Will Golden State win another championship? I don't know. I know that they're going to have a pretty high pick in the draft. Uh, we got, I, I'm, I, I think they're going to try to get maybe a James Wiseman um, to shore up their, the, the center position, which they haven't really shored up the entire time because Kabal Looney continues to get injured. Um, we need to see how Andrew Wiggins works. A lot of people saying they might trade him uh, in, in a couple pieces for Giannis. If they get Giannis, it's over with. Then, yeah, you got Curry. You have... Draymond, you have Clay and Giannis with a maybe a James Wiseman. Yeah, it's over with. But if 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 Andrew Wiggins can be a slightly better Harrison Barnes and they 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 hit the draft out the park, I definitely think they can win a championship again. You know, you have a healthy Kate, a healthy Curry, healthy um, Clay. You know, a year of rest because they just went to what five straight championships. I think they can win again. So yeah. And there you have it, guys. I appreciate everyone. To, again, this was an album about, I mean, this was an episode about nothing. I mean, there ain't really nothing happened. Uh, I want to thank everyone for sending questions. Thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for watching. It's on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe. Please share. Um, I, I, again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Uh, I'm excited to see episode, what, 7 and 8 of the doc. Um, of course, happy Mother's Day. Uh, for people that, you know, because next time I see y'all, Mother's Day will be over. Happy Mother's Day. I love my mother to death. 
happy Mother's Day is what next Sunday. So happy or this Sunday coming up. Happy Mother's Day. I love you guys. Um, I love everybody. Again, please subscribe. Please share. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, and until next time, much love.